Hello, I'm Scott Sash. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast, where... You and I, and Evan, whose voice is not good. Oh, man. Too okay. much partying, Barr. That's... How old are you now, Evan? 31. See? When he was 23... Going back to reunions and partying for three or four days, no problem. He would show up here, vim, vigor, ready to roll. Look at this now. He's a shell of himself. I will say the tail end on this one is uh, significantly longer than it used to be. He is an absolute shell of himself the last couple of days. You know what it is? I mean, he's got that beautiful, wavy hair, no gray in it. You're expecting more, right? I mean, you look at me, man, it's like, you know, Santa Claus. It was cold in the office yesterday. You know, the air conditioning's pumping. Evan comes over. What were you saying? Like goosebumps on my body. Yeah, he's like yeah. freezing. I wasn't that, but he's like, I'm like, it's not that cold. I was comfortable. He's drinking tea. <laughs> he's got his tea it's now. tough life out here, I guess. I yes. was nickname you Dash Rip Rock, but anyway. Speaking of old men, how about that for a segue? <laughs> Thank you. Starting with the French Open. Why do you want to knock him, man? It's, like, it's going to be a great matchup. Him. So well, we got. I hope to, it is. Well, in the we got the well. Friday is going to be very good. Can you we tell only, me what the matchup is? We only care about Rafa and Roger. Come on. Yeah. Come well, on. I mean that true. Roger hasn't played clay in three years and said he's coming back. He's like, if I'm going to do this, I'm here to do it to play Rafa, his good friend, his rival. So these are two of the all-time greats. I know number of the week is later uh, in shows and stuff, but. I jotted some stuff down here. You ready for Whoa, this? Oh, stack okay. guy. Roger, right? Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm taking over for Ebenezer since he can't speak. <laughs> Roger versus Rafa. Give me the record. I will tell you they've met 38 times. Rafa's got 22. Good for you. 23 and 15. Ooh, wow, that was right? good. Okay. Pretty good. But like I said, so that that's good. Nadal, 11 French Open championships, five and zero against Roger at Roland Garros. By the way, you guys know. We should we educate the audience for those who don't know. Yeah. Do you know why it's called Roland Garros? Because. Well, do you know? Do you know what that is? No. I assumed it was a name. <laughs> it is a name, but do you know who Roland Garros was? No. This goes no. back to history, though. Yeah, he's a French right. aviator. Okay. So if you didn't know, well, there you go. The, the it's French Charlie Roland Garros. Yeah, exactly. So it's good. Look to- at it's Jeopardy James. He came in, man. That guy lost, by the way, too. Yeah, I know. Sad. Yes. So you know, on on clay. Semi-final, Roger, Rafa, doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, pretty much a dream for, for organizers, for you know the folks that are, are broadcasting around the world. Um, kind of like we talk about in golf, kind of amazing that we're still in 2019 talking about well, You said that yesterday, Federer it was a great line. Nadal. Yep. It's, it's amazing. It's a semi-final of a grand uh, uh, slam, and it's these two again. I love it, man. It's like, you know, old men like me love this. Yeah, but you would think, for the good of the sport, yeah. I mean, you would think at some point there'd be somebody else who would consistently knock off one of them. Djokovic, had he been on that side of the draw, probably, or had a good shot of doing it, oh, but yeah, still. I say the Joker nobody had the best else. chance. Yeah. We had Stan Wawrinka, Federer's doubles partner, gave him a good match after a long match previous, but still here we are again. With Roger. And I think that the danger for men's tennis is kind of what you're seeing right now in women's tennis. That, that now that Serena post childbirth, as she's getting older, she's not advancing as far into tournaments as she was. Um, and you I mean, you look at the quarterfinals. I was gonna say, have the draw up? Yeah, they have the, Give me the names. I mean, <clears throat> let me see. Quarterfinal here Madison Keys, an American. Yeah. Ashley Barty, Simona Halep, Anna Anisimova. M. Vondrusova, who I've never heard of, Petra Martic, who I'm not sure I've ever heard of, Joe Conta, and Sloane Stevens. 
No, Those are your well, quarterfinalists. Stevens, yes. Yeah. So yes. so Stevens you know, a is a of the former champion. Right. Simona Halep has won a major before. Uh, I don't think any of the others have. Um, yeah, you just run the risk of if, if you focus too long on the aging star as they get older and, and you have not, you know, there's no huge draws from a fan standpoint lower down. You know, once those stars are no longer in the in the semifinals of majors, um, that can be a concern. Now, men's tennis avid fans will tell you that there is a whole host of young stars, some of them who are in the quarterfinals or were in the quarterfinals here at the French Open, Karen Hatchinoff, uh, 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 Alex Zverev, um, there's a few others, Tsitsipas, there's a whole good Dominic players, team but hardcore who's fans, a good... No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the question is, what, what will those guys eventually take over the stardom or will it end up kind of like where women's tennis is right now where there's a lot of different names non-avid fans don't really know them and there's less less buzz can i tell you like the worst joke in the world like someone said to me i swear this is true somebody said to me yeah you know which player wins every match oh no match is over Oh God! Somebody said that to me. Oh, God. <laughs> I reacted. That that way. Yeah. Next topic. But that's what that was my segue. To, it's time. Oh, to that was a bad, bad joke. So let's chat, talk about. Chat is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Tokyo. Now, see, come on. We're talking about Tokyo 2020 look at, Summer look at Olympics. All supportive I, of social media. I, I don't like this, man. It's like now there's going to be a new ban at the games, and fans are going to be probably keeping their phones out of sight. Why? Because what they're banning people taking pictures. What what are they banning? I don't understand. They're this. banning if you buy a ticket to an event for the Tokyo Olympics. Right. And you take video, not still shots. You can take your still shots, but if you take video of on field or anything around where the rings are around, you cannot, I, I repeat, you cannot post said video to your social media accounts. <sighs> Which that's, is pretty that, much the world we live in. That's today. insane. And yes, you could argue is. that if you can't post it on social media, people will want to go because, like, did it really happen? If it doesn't show up on your Insta, did it really happen? Were you really there? If you can't get sort of the adoration of your of your friends and followers, does it does it matter? The the Olympics is essentially choosing to a, a harsh interpretation of intellectual property rights over the exposure that you can get by letting fans freely post on social media. Um, and a lot of the U.S., I would say almost all of the U.S. sports leagues have gone the totally opposite direction. I think the NBA has maybe done the best job NBA said, Take of saying, it, listen, post, yeah, it. Yeah, post yeah, as it much as us. we yeah. want your friends seeing that you're at your courtside at, at the Lakers place game. to be. Exactly. You know, um, why, uh, you know why this is so stupid? I'm sorry. I use the word stupid, and I agree with you, Evan, is like, look, if I want to see the Olympics, I'm not going to like, why would I want to tune in to see it in HD on the channel or whatever? But no, I want to go watch it on Bubba James's website while he's shooting a video in low quality. I mean, come on. It just You're right. The idea of these things being pirated necessarily, which is part of the concern, seems a little overblown. One thing I will say, this is going to be a nightmare to enforce. And I, I don't know. It, you it's, imagine they have a, just a C and D take, take down notice going on out. Print go. I imagine that all these social media networks have better things to worry about than filling the IOC's cease and desist letters consistently for three weeks. Um, there is a chance that this is just fine print written in, and that as long as you're not, as you said, Michael, as long as you're not clearly trying to circumvent the broadcast rights. Periscope might be a problem. Yeah, Periscope if you're might be a problem. Broadcasting the event on your yeah. 
So I would not, I wouldn't freak out too much right now. I think there's a chance that this is kind of overblown for what is essentially legalese, just in case there is an egregious problem on social media. But certainly, you know, the Tokyo 2020 and the IOC taking a different tact, a bit different tact than we've seen from other other sports organizers. I'd like to see the athletes do it themselves. Can they put on their own personal page and you know, the game? They have a good the, seat. The opening <laughs> ceremony. Yeah. Here I am with the selfie sticks and the here we are. You see GoPros. I yeah. don't know if any uh, of those of go live, do. but yeah. Right. But you know they want to. I mean, th- this. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we knew where you stood with your first comment. Yeah. It's, I'm going to move on now to something that I do like. And I know other people are like, you know, I'm a heathen. But we all knew that I love betting. And guess what? Another state is jumping into legal sports betting. A big state. Yes. An important state. I'll give you a hint. Yes. It's Chicago is in this state. (laughs) (laughs) You could have gone with like a small Racine or something, you know, really make them think about it. Yes, Illinois. Sheesh. Bar. Gave away the Chicago. Yeah. But you you know darn well if we've talked to a lot of folks in this space, they keep saying it's not so much the total number of states, it's which states. And now we're still awaiting on New York. California, and I don't want to name the state, but Dallas is in it. <laughs> and so the, those are three more biggies. You know, there's a Dallas, Pennsylvania. Yes, thank you. Okay. Is there a Perkins there? There's also yes. California, Pennsylvania. That's right. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Illinois becomes the latest state to legalize sports betting. Continues kind of a nice run for for those who, who want legal sports betting. In the past couple of weeks, we've had a handful of states pass laws. Uh, one interesting thing about what Illinois is doing, they are essentially limiting licenses to brick-and-mortar locations in the beginning. Yeah. So for, for DraftKings and FanDuel, who don't have physical locations there, there's, a, there's an 18-month delay in when they can start offering their mobile product. Um, which could be a big deal for Hadn't them. Hadn't we seen the revenues in the mobile? The, well, yeah, so all these other, your casinos can do mobile. Right. So there will be mobile apps in Illinois. They'll just all be mobile apps for places, for the that, places have that have the, the, the master already. licenses. Yes. Yeah. Um, so if you're DraftKings or FanDuel, that's a tough one. Illinois Partnership? Is, as you just said. Just for the brand name? There, who knows? Yeah, there may be, but you know. But if you don't need it, if you are the only game in town, maybe you don't need it. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that works if there's a workaround for them. But Illinois is the sixth most populous state in the in the country. One of the biggest ones from a from a sports standpoint. Obviously, you know Chicago has 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 major major franchises in every sport. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a big deal, but it's a big deal for the land based casinos and less of a big deal if you're if you're DraftKings and FanDuel right now. That's well, I'm good for them. I'm waiting for Pennsylvania to. Get on the online. Like game. I said, and that's coming know, soon, right? It's supposed to have happened already. Yeah. By the way, if I may, I know this is not true, but you're going to love this. Right. This is sports business. But we got one of those things in the mail where it's like if you scratch off the numbers and you can win big prize, you know, it was like $50,000 or a Tesla, and my son opened it, right? And then it was like, oh my God, we got the right numbers. And then he called, them, and it was one of those places in the Poconos Aww. you have to come sit through the 90 minute pitch to get the whatever. So I said, you know, Barr lives in the Poconos. And he, you know, he knows who I'm talking about. He grabs my phone. He says, let's call him right now. We have to go. <laughs> oh, my God. So Jackson will be calling you, Barb, because now I, he is so, he won't believe me that it's a scam and you're not getting anything. It's like doggone bone right now. What did now. it say he won? He won a Tesla? Well, it was, it was one of five, two of five or ten possible among them, Tesla $50,000. $5,000 gift card, whatever Or state. Yeah, exactly. Or as I tried to explain to him, you will win the Dunkin' Donuts free coffee. But oh, no, no, no. Man. So 
He knows that Barr lives there. He knows that Novi Williams has a cabin near the area. You have invited us out. That's going to happen soon. All right. You're going to have to come on out now. All right. This is Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soshnick and Evan Novi Williams. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Mark Tatum, Deputy Commissioner of the NBA. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you get your podcasts. 